Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the clubhouse. This is episode 106. I'm your host, Tej Butler. This is the Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade and Shaq, by the way. The Indianapolis Colts, the St. Louis Cardinals, ugh, boo, and the Carolina Hurricanes episode. Sitting next to me, as always, Big Dill. Dill, how you doing tonight, bud? Doing well, man. Um, you know, can't complain. It's a good Monday night. Got a little Peyton and Eli Windy. waiting for us here. Orchard Park looks like it's a windy, windy time up there. What did you say? About what? Orchard, Orchard Park? Is that what it's called now? Or is that what it is? It's like the, it's like the, like the, I don't know if it's That's like the town that the, the stadium's stadium. in, right? Yeah, it's okay, like. Okay, okay, okay. Because I know it was like the Lid Stadium or whatever for a while or something. So like, oh, companies. oh. Can he do that? Oh. That wow. was wild. Whoa, you got lucky there. <clears throat> Uh, all right. Yeah. Doge, so we heard, time. how are you up there in Clee? We're doing well, man. I'm uh, sitting in, watching the same game, you know, a few seconds behind as usual, but uh, are you going forward to a great pot of the boys. More important question then, are you going Eli Payton broadcast, or are you going yeah, which one? straight up? Uh, I've got Eli Payton, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's with it being yeah. muted, I don't get their takes, but uh, that's my, my preferred. Post show, though, we'll get them on. Post show, we'll get them on. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll we'll see the guests and some of their facial reactions, and the Mannings are pretty good at that. You know, Eli especially with his mouth hanging open half the time is pretty good at it. So, <laughs> oh man, Eli, good old Eli. Look at him; he hasn't stopped since I said it. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great show for you. This is gonna be an NBA centric pod. We've been haven't done a little bit of NBA in a little while, so. We're going to bust out a great little NBA pod, and we're going to bring on one of our favorite guests here to talk about the NBA, yeah. Boston Celtics reporter, uh, journal for Boston, uh, sportsjournal.com, John Corrales. So he's going to be talking to us about the Celtics in the first half, and then we're going to do a little wheel of debate with him in the second half of this show. So um, first things first, ladies and gents, we got to warm it up, so... I'll do my, uh, I'll go first here. I'll just get it out of the way. So, ladies and gents. Yeah. Alabama. Michigan. Georgia. And who? UC. Mm. Congratulations to the University of Cincinnati for making it to the playoff. Being a non-Power 5. Very exciting for them. Um, You know, we'll see what happens uh, after the championship week, per se. But, uh. I'd say they're pretty locked in after this, but uh, either way, great for them. Going to be good to see what uh, what happens with the rest of the teams there, but um, <clears throat> very exciting to see old uh, Georgia, obviously Bama, obviously Michigan earning their spot in there, and the Bearcats earning theirs as well. So um, they're not going to be taking on Georgia for the rematch, which would have been interesting. But uh, shouts ba- out not the back-to-back rematch. Oh yeah, they could get the rematch per se, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But um, I just want to say shouts out to all the kids who had signs at the uh, you know UC you know game day or you know big noon that said we want Bama. We well, guess what? Bama. You got them, and they look like they're rolling right now. So enjoy. Um, 
Yeah, that'll be fun to see Nick Saban playing for those guys. Yeah, Bryce Young looks uh, pretty good. He looks really good, man. Yeah. John Mechie. He's seems gonna to, he's, seems to be open all the time. He seems to be out for the probably the game in the oh, rest of the year. No. Significant no ACL injury. That's no good at all. Didn't say a tear, but that's what that's yeah. coming from Saban too. So like, right. He's not Dang, just saying he that. He's fun way. to watch. That stinks. Yeah. He's um, really good. All right, Dill. Pass it to you for warm up. Cool. So, a little bit of hockey talk. Oh, well, ice time with Dill here. Yeah. Um. Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, got to talk about my boys got again. To, got to, uh, We've had some good wins here. We've also given up some bad leads. But, you know, overall we're looking better, you know, more and more the season goes on. But yesterday, being Sunday, uh, we did win our thousandth game as a franchise. So our thousandth win, um, you know, that's a significant mark. They've been around since 1992, 1993. Um and they ended up winning 7-1 to one over the Philadelphia Flyers, of which then fired their coach this morning. They did have an eight-game losing streak after that game, I believe. So it wasn't just that game, but I'm pretty sure that if you get beat by six, that's, you know, how it's going to go. So, either way, something also kind of weird. Their first ever win, they also scored seven goals. And a 7-3 win over the Blackhawks back in the day. So, kind of weird, but very weird. Cool stuff. <clears throat> Let's go Bolts. Doge, this hasn't happened in a while, so I want to just apologize. <laughs> <clears throat> no, no worries, bro. What do you have for your warm-up today? <laughs> I'm going to change it. Oh, I like I'm it. I'm going to be congratulating UC, um, but... <clears throat> We'll do some shifting. Um, Omaha. It's Omaha. happened, though, boys. The F1 oh, finale oh, 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 this upcoming weekend is as going to be as dramatic as ever because Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen are tied in points. We said it was a possibility last week when we were talking about it, and it, it came to fruition. And... Um, Lewis Hamilton and Max, whoever finishes better this this weekend will take home the crown. So you can't ask for higher stakes. And, uh, you know, it's a level playing field now. Whoever does better this weekend takes it home. So really exciting stuff. Lewis Hamilton was putting in fastest laps with a broken front wing this past weekend. It was insane. Crazy. So looking forward to seeing how it wraps up this upcoming weekend. For sure. Absolutely. That's going to be such an exciting race. So, um Stay tuned for that. We're going to be checking that out here. Um, but we're going to move on here to our first half with John Corrales. So check this out. We're going to talk a little Celtics here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is his second time on the show. He is the inspiration for our physical wheel of debate. He put us to a challenge last time he was on the show. He said, hey, next time you boys come and want me to come on the pod, you better put this wheel of debate together. I want to see it. So we sent it to him. We got him here. He is Emerson College's all-time leader in rebounds. He's been in the business for 20 years, been covering the Boston Celtics for over 10 years, reporter for Boston Sports Journal, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast, author of the Boston Celtics all-time all-stars. It is NBA expert, friend of the show, John Corrales. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm doing better after that intro. Heck yeah, I love that, man. We love a good intro, so... um, let me just say first, speaking of intros, I like your new intro song on the pod today, so that was fresh off. Um, 
and he had to change it up and get a new artist. So that was very cool. I just want to say shouts out to that. Um, and then, um, secondly, an actual question here. Let's, let's get into some Celtics here, especially before Celtics Lakers. Um, Celtics have had a, kind of an up and down season so far, 13 and 11 right now, as we record this podcast. Um, what do you think is the reason for this start right now? Do you think it's just adjusting to the new coach, uh, Udoka? Do you think it's some of the new faces in town? You know, we've got a new rotation. Uh, is it just players being, you know, a little banged up, you know, some other COVID protocols as well? Or do you think it's kind of all of the above? I mean, it's, it's a little bit of everything right now. Um, like you, you, you look at new coach, start there, new coach, new terminology. Yep. Uh, w- one of the first things that to try to impart on people is if you're if you're thinking on the floor you're dead and i'm not like there are times when like you're bringing the ball up and chris paul is bringing the ball up and yeah he's thinking he's processing right but once the play starts it's all reactions it's all reads it's all instinct Mm -hmm. and it's all muscle memory and that's what the preseason is for building that muscle memory this is why chemistry is so important as far as guys playing together that cohesion right when you bring in new players and they have some of that you bring in a new coach and they have new terminology and then they have a new style now all of a sudden the things that you used to do just instinctively that's out now you're thinking again and so your some guys early season are making mistakes because they're they're just reacting the way they they normally would react doing it the old way. Okay. And then you have to sit there and be like, oh, that's right. We're not doing it that way. Right. Um, <clears throat> there's just anything that gets your mind occupied and doesn't let the the, the just muscle memory take over. Uh, I, I always use this example. There was a, a – I remember seeing a baseball, like, a, like an MLB network, just somebody was explaining something about the double play. Okay. And they had a former second baseman on, and they – they were demonstrating a, like he gave him a flip and the guy immediately when he caught the ball and he faked to throw, he immediately hopped because <laughs> he was avoiding the sliding runner, right. even though he was in a studio, but he, that's his body knew that's the next thing you do when you right. catch the ball. So when you, when you have to break that, that's hard. Mm-hmm. And so there, there certainly was going to be some level of very slow on the uptake for, for some of these guys. And some guys just learn faster than others. New players, you're trying to figure out what your roles are, how to play off of one another. Plus you've got Jalen and Jason without any sort of like connective tissue, the Kemba Walker, the Kyrie right. Irving, yep. that guy. So they're kind of on their own kind of feeling themselves out. And then you throw on top of that, Ime Odoka challenging Jason Tatum yep. to become the, the bigger like star, the MVP guy, mm-hmm. you look, we want you to be a playmaker. We want you, if you're going to, if you want to be that guy, if you're going to be that guy that you want to be, this is how you're going to do it. So now Tatum is thinking and coming down the floor and not doing things that he's been comfortable doing for six years in the NBA. And then there's all of these factors that, that come together and conspire to drag a team down. Tatum, was driving a ton earlier this season and not right. not finishing at the rim at all. Like I, I think the way the officials called the game, they they weren't calling some fouls, and he got really really frustrated by that. You t- you put that yeah. on top of everything, and it just 
his mind was all over the place and he could never get comfortable on the floor. And that really took a slow start and, and pushed it further down into the toilet. So I think they're, they're coming out of it a little bit now. We'll see if they continue to come out of it. The key thing for, especially for Tatum is keep trusting that if you stick with it, it's going to work. Um, Cause if it, it's very easy to say, this is too hard. I want to go back to doing it the old way yep. and, and, and be done with it. They, they've got to just, you've come this far, sense. keep, keep going. It's like, you don't swim halfway across the river, get tired, and swim back. You've already made it halfway. Keep swimming to get to the other side. Yep, definitely. Um, real quick before I let Doge pop into question here, I just want to say it's funny you bring up the Suns and Chris Paul there too because they had like, I think it's 87% of their roster returning and their same coach. So like no wonder they're going on a big streak and, and playing so well, mentioning all the things that you mentioned uh, that are uh, different with the Celtics this year, where the Suns have so much of the same turnover, which is probably why they've they've been starting off so well. So, um, Doge, I'll pass it to you for a question here. Yeah, so, you know, obviously it's pretty early to judge uh, in the first season and, and, you know, only about a quarter of the way through. But what would you think of Brad Stevens so far as GM? You know, are there any moves that you kind of expect him to make or, you know, what sort of moves would you expect to see before we get to the deadlines? And, um, you know, are there any favorite moves that you have kind of going in uh, so far through the season? Yeah, I think I think he's done a good job so far. You know, he, he is a little bit limited by the luxury tax issue. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important to note that not only do the Celtics not want to spend into the luxury tax if they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Because that saves them a certain amount of money, and it saves them down the road. You get you you, you want to stay out of the repeater a year earlier, and all of that stuff. Because they are going to end up paying tax. Like next year, this this you know luxury tax thing. Like you're paying the tax next year. Get over it. Like that <laughs> starting next year, that's going to happen. Yeah. But this year, not only are you trying to save on all of those other things, the non-tax paying teams are going to get paid like a thirteen million dollar payout. Oops. From the Golden States and the other taxpaying teams, because those tax bills are so high that you not only save your money on all that stuff that I said, you get an extra thirteen million, and that's that's just money for the owners to like pay salaries and all of that stuff. So you know you're, you're basically saying that okay, if we keep it under the luxury tax, we get Brad Stevens, Ime Odoka, and a couple assistant coaches for free. Right. This year, so they, yeah, they're going to want to do that. Uh, but so anyway, Brad's Brad's operating under that, and he so he's going to make some moves that clear salary. That means yeah. going to find somebody that you Wancho not working out. I was yeah. an advocate. I'm the first one that brought up trade. You know, let's get Wancho in here and see what he can do. Right. All right, <laughs> hand up. My bad. They took a flyer on him. He sucks. Sorry. So that's the seven million dollars that you can move. I think seven um and and get underneath the luxury tax or him and somebody else you get a different player back Th- those those moves are out there i think a dennis schroeder trade by the deadline it makes perfect sense um not only you're saving on the five million dollars you can get a couple of assets for a guy that i think some team will find useful out there some team out west is going to say hey this is a guy that we could use we, we can need that we would need so 
I think getting any kind of assets for Schroeder uh, and opening up some playing time for Peyton Pritchard mm-hmm. to to you know get off the bench and I think I think that makes sense. Sure. So Brad, I think is, is has done a good job. First of all, getting these guys and and trying to get something out of them. Schroeder, I think, is working out. Uh, Richardson is working out uh, after a slow start. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, so it is early, so it's hard to say. Like some of those moves were were pretty shrewd. I thought the extensions were good, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see what he does moving forward. But I think he's off to a to a good start. Wancho is uh, 6.1 million right now. So you were right. Just okay. right, right around seven. So good call there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then his, he's non-guaranteed next year. So there's value to a team yeah, for sure. that may like, maybe it's a third, a third team that wants to clear some salary and the Celtics can get involved in that. You know, that that's certainly one way to do it for sure. Um, okay. Dill, you got a question here? Yeah. Hey, John. So we talked about, or you mentioned about how, you know, Jason Tatum and, you know, with the whole, you know, new coaching staff and everything kind of changing with that. Um, Some of the things that he's going through, but, you know, so far for uh, Jason Tatum, he's leading the team in points per game, ninth in the league with, uh, you know, shade over 25, first on the team in rebounds, third in assists, third in blocks per game, um, but recently somebody came out, uh, an anonymous GM came out and said that he isn't playing winning basketball. So I, I guess to kind of mesh what you said earlier and then that question as far as, you know, his statements, uh, where does, you know, he fall as far as, you know, kind of, you know, where does he fall in, in that? Uh, in that yeah, 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 I, look, there's, you got to understand that. <laughs> In these in these comments from other teams, other GMs, other assistant coaches, there's certainly some level of uh, motivation right. to say these things. You know, uh, it's not a. You know, so some people might just say, "Hey, this is my my evaluation." Um, whoever that GM is, I don't know, but there's also bad GMs out there. I right. don't agree. That he, like, I understand why people would say that. I, I think his style of play lends itself to say, "Hey, look, he's a, he, he's a an ISO." Right, he definitely scorer. takes a lot of ISO, but I mean, he's working on his passing for sure. Go ahead. Yeah, but no, he he is historically an ISO scorer. Like that's if if you're putting together like the Jason Tatum archetype, right? That that's historically now that's why. Ime has challenged him to be more of a passer. Um, and it's not to say, like, isolation guys do pass sometimes. But if you were to give him, you know, the the, the truth serum, he'd say, I want to go score. I right. want to go out there and drop 40. For sure. and, and that's fine. But some guys will say, well, that's selfish. And, you know, he's not playing winning basketball. And he'd rather do that than win. And, you know, that that's their opinions. I just think that that's wrong. I, I think... We've seen yeah, him play through a lot. We've seen him try to do what's been asked of him. And I think this season, like this season especially, it, it's like the timing is wrong to, to question Tatum's motivations because if you look at what he's doing, like he's listening to Ime Udoka and, and trying to apply what Ime is telling him. You can see in the games – Immediately after, immediately after Ime has challenged him on something, he goes out and he does it. So 
he's not like, hey, screw it, I'm going to go play and do it my own way. I think that there's, um, I think that there is evidence out there, pretty clear evidence that he's listening to his coach and he's doing what's asked of him. So, um, not being in Tatum's head, I, I can't say a hundred percent for sure what his his true underlying motivations are. Um, and I'm an old guy, so you know, I, I literally could be his father. Um, so I. 23-year-old, you know, multimillionaire, like, playing in today's NBA and today's social media world, you know, guys talk about things like their brand. Like, right. no, no, like Larry Bird never talked about his brand, but he never had to. So I think I think there is, I'm sure in some of these conversations, the potential for some general, general, uh, generational, thank you, generational type of, kind of, you know, an older person looking at Tatum and is like, oh, what does he care about? Like, oh, right. you know, get off my lawn type of stuff. Sure. So, you know, I, I think I think Tatum is a young guy who's supremely talented, who is being challenged right now to grow his game. And For sure. uh, he's he's trying, he's trying to rise to the challenge. And it's not, it's not always easy. And his personality is such that he's a quiet guy. So right. people people take that quietness for like, oh, he doesn't care. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you can definitely tell the way he reacts when they win or like when his teammates score, you know, how he kind of carries a loss sometimes. That he's definitely out there to win, regardless of if he's going to try to give you 40 points or, or go out there and, you know, I can tell he's been trying to get more rebounds this year for sure too. So there's things he's definitely working on um, for sure. So... Um, John, I want to say that we're going to go here into Los Angeles. I believe uh, this is going to be the first game where they actually put up the Crypto.com Arena sign. So the first, <laughs> the first game in the crypt, we got Lakers-Celtics to christen, to christen that new arena. What do you think the keys of the victory for the Celtics here? Are we going to beat them again? Um, I believe they've got LeBron uh, for this game as well. So yep. uh, I think they're only missing Kendrick Nunn and... Um, there's one other guy I can't remember, but they're pretty healthy. Celtics are pretty healthy. I know you just mentioned uh, or tweeted out that Jalen Brown might be questionable for tomorrow, so uh, we'll see how he goes. But uh, what do you think are the keys to the victory against the Lakers here? First game in the crypt. First game in the crypt. Right. Uh, I, I think the the most important thing is to just keep attacking them. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's any uh, difference in the game plan. From the first time around, they right. cannot stop dribble penetration, and they will, I think, continue to lay out the red carpet for any team that aggressively attacks the rim. And so, I think this is what the Celtics should do right away. They should, they should just punish the Lakers. I think the last game, if I recall correctly, they had fifty-six points in the paint, fifty-six or fifty-seven. Um, mm-hmm. The, the Lakers give up tons of points in the paint. The Celtics can top that. I, I want to see them score 60 points in the paint. And then just okay. keep up that defensive effort. And, you know, hey, if Anthony Davis wants to keep shooting those jumpers, then great. Just keep that defensive up, that defensive intensity up, and, and invite him to, to take those jumpers. Right. If he and LeBron 
beat you shooting 80% on mid-range jumpers, then so be it, right? right? But I, I think that you make them work as you attack on defense, and, and it's not just getting to the rim and getting laps. It's forcing them to move and guard you that wears them out. And, you know, and then obviously Russell Westbrook, same thing, you know, just uh, turn them into jump shooters. Yeah, they, they're very yeah. willing jump shooters. If, if Westbrook is getting to the rim early, then they're going to have problems because that then he's going to become good, good Westbrook. And, and <laughs> you don't want that. No, yeah, he's like Jekyll and Hyde like that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that'll be I'm looking forward to that game. Always a great game against the Lakers there for sure. Um, especially going into their building. It's always fun when they're at our place, too. So. Yeah, nice TNT oh, broadcast, yeah. you know. Um, Doge, oh. you got one for us here? Yeah, so during the offseason, and even kind of going into the beginning of this season, you know, one person that was really getting a lot of criticism on the Celtics was Marcus Smart. So, you know, just on a scale of 1 to 5, 1 being, you know, not important at all, 5 being the most important, where would you rank Marcus's importance in regards to the success of the Celtics team right now? Well, I mean, I'll put it at a a four yeah. because I'd say Tatum and Brown are the, are fives. Yeah, of course. And you know, uh, he and like Al Horford and Robert Williams are your fours. Yeah. And um, I think obviously he's the the leader as far as intensity. I mean, he's the guy that gets the defense set. And I think when they're fully healthy, I like how he's been playing, how he's been point guarding so to speak, for, for the Celtics. I think when he's playing off of Schroeder and Schroeder's the main ball handler, you, you do run the risk of getting some of the negatives in his game. But I think defensively, obviously, he's he's back to that elite level. People had some concerns yeah. uh, last year, last season, about his defensive abilities and some slippage. But um, I, I attribute that to the COVID season. Sure. And yeah. so I, I don't think – I don't think – I never thought that that was going to continue, and, and so far it hasn't. Uh, I think when when they're fully healthy and he can be the primary point guard, that that impacts his shot, his shot profile. He's taking more shots from the corner, uh, more corner three-pointers where he's shooting, or he was up until a couple of games ago, shooting 50%. I haven't checked again since, but shooting about 50% from the corners this season. Right. Um, which is great. You want, yes. I'll take that. If people, you want Marcus Smart to be a 50% three point shooter, Absolutely. keep him, uh, you know, shooting from the corners. And that starts with starting at the top, setting a pick, mm-hmm. uh, moving away and rotating down to the corners versus starting off the ball and starting in the corner and rotating up, yep. which means now you get more above the break threes. That's why, He's, you know, his shooting percentages have been dragged down because he's been horrible, absolutely disgustingly bad, worse than usual from above the break. Mm-hmm. That'll level out yeah. a little bit. But yeah, I think I think Smart is, is obviously a very, very important player. Um, and when he, when he plays, it's very rare for Marcus Smart to play well on both sides of the floor and the Celtics lose. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I'd say he's, he's a four because those two... The Jays have to be your fives, but um, him and Adam right. and Rob, like you said, for sure, are fours there. Yeah, he's been good on my, my fantasy team, too. So yeah. I've been kind of tracking him and <laughs> seeing what he's been up to uh, throughout the season so far. But, um, John, I have another thing here for you. As far as something that we thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I love that. Not Celtic-related, but 
Okay, so, you know, we understand that, you know, a little bit about the NBA belt, right? Oh, yeah. And I, the, love, uh, I love the belt, man. I love it so much. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'm so happy. Like, I love <laughs> I love tuning in and finding out who's got the belt and, up, and keeping up with it. So, I love that you do it, man. Carry so, on, we have, you know, a matchup for the belt coming up, right, between the Bulls and the Nuggets. Tonight. It's going on right now. So who do you Shoot. think? Uh, What's the score? Who do you Hold think's on. taking it? We're not. Let's just see. Uh, it probably just start right, or is it seven o'clocker? It's it's in it's, the first quarter. Nuggets okay. are up ten points right now. Three minutes left in the first quarter. Early. Just to preface Early. that. Okay. So are, yeah. the, are the Bulls defending it? You know, or the Bulls nuggets? are defending it. Yep, yep. And no, Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan just went into health and safety protocols. Oh yeah, shoot, Ooh. I forgot about that. that so, could be a, yeah, could be a takedown of the champ then, right? Could be. Could we could be looking at a a, a real kind of like yeah, a changing of hands. Um, the Wizards had it for a while. Yes, mm-hmm. and then I think Brooklyn had it for a while, but everyone else has just been changing hands on a regular basis. I think. Like this is one of the things why you know, people, you know, some people don't like the belt and whatever. But why? I, I, I don't know. Some people don't like fun. I, I, uh, right, I, right. That's what it, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> but I think the belt actually, if you pay attention to it a little bit, it can tell you something. Yes. And oh yes. to me, like you had a couple of big winning streaks that coincides so yeah the wizards carried it and like okay so what, what's one of the storylines from this season right the wizards are surprising that the belt tells you that yep. um and and the fact that the belt has changed hands so often mm-hmm. another one of the stories is the parody in this league there's so much parody that we're not seeing teams hold on to the belt right regularly we're not seeing four games here three games there three ga- it's one, one big winning streak, two big winning streaks that coincided with the Wizards making a big run and the Nets making a big run. Yep. But everyone else has just been win, give it up, win, give it up, win, give it up. And so it tells you that there is some parity in this league. And, and you look at the standings and you can say, yeah, look at the East. It's tightly, tightly packed in the East. There's a lot of teams Very that are packed. still in the mix. Very packed. No, it definitely, it definitely tells a story of the season, even if it's not directly, you know, Related to, you know, wins and losses per se, but I totally agree. I love that it's more than just, you know, just the uh, snake uh, of, like, where it's going. You know what I mean? Like, I like that there's, like, some sort of, like, analysis to it as well. But I just want to know, like, when did you start doing that? Or, like, how did you get the idea? Or, like, where, where was the, uh, you know, how did this form? It, it I forget. I, I couldn't even tell you who started the idea. It, it, the, the concept had been out there for, sure. for a while, yeah. years and years. Um, and I loved when I first heard about it and I don't know, like two seasons ago, I guess okay. I, I just randomly decided like, you know what? Cause I'd done it before I kind of, and then tried to keep track. There are, there are a few Twitter handles that are like at NBA. I was going to say when I was so, look, when I was looking up your thread, I saw one that was at NBA belt. I haven't looked at it yet, but I saw that when I was looking up your yeah, thread. Right. So there, there are people who have like the concept is certainly not my idea. It's not, it's not an original idea for me. It's something that I, I heard about a while ago and I just over the past few seasons decided, you know what? I'm buying into this. I'm going to do it and mm-hmm. I'm going to just, I'm just going to track it. And, you know, I don't care. Um, yeah. Now, this season, I'm doing it 
a little bit differently because I'm not I'm not putting out every right. title defense. You know, um, last mm-hmm. season I did every title defense and it got a little tedious and you know, that, yeah, some, sure. some people are into it. But I'm doing I'm doing when the belt changes hands. Yeah, and like I'll list some of the d- defenses, but yeah, that's um, that that's just something that I, I decided. Uh, you know, I want to do it, and it's fun for me because it's a fun way for me to. You know, I'm, I have to keep up with the league anyway, so right. Why don't why not have a little bit of fun with it, and hopefully, so, you know, catches on a little bit more. Some people like it, like I said, some people don't, and maybe maybe it becomes a bigger thing. I would love for someday. For the the NBA belt to actually become a thing. Oh, I would love that, man, so much. That'd be great. A little uh, I like mean, that'd be a good. Imagine, like, little bonus. imagine this broadcast with a belt, like a, a championship belt on the middle, and like some yep. some you know you know ball boy can be in charge of it, but like this goes with the PR staff. Here you go. You got right. the NBA belt. Yep. Put it out there. Tonight's a title match. And you know what? For sure, just especially add a for intrigue to it. Especially for some of those teams who maybe can't get some fans in there as much, or right, the smaller market teams draw. to be like, "All right, you know, the Bucks are coming to town, and that's our time to you know take on the title. Maybe we can win the belt tonight." You know, I think it'd definitely be something. A lucky fan from about. section one twenty seven will be selected to hold it after the win tonight, Ooh, or something like that. It. Like you can kind of get the fans <laughs> into go. it Here with like. Go. Okay, hey, you know, not like a charitable, you know, event or something like that, but you know, you could use it definitely in a community uh, aspect as well. So yeah, sure. I mean, look, think about how cool it would be in this game for oh, awesome. Michael Green to hit a game-winning shot and run over to the scorers table Just and grab belt that on. belt and oh. hold it over his head. That'd that would be, cool. be awesome, especially in well, Chicago too. The crowd's going yeah. crazy. Oh yeah, and you know, just. I mean, pretty much every sport, you know, has long-time records, right? And, like, things that you, like, all these stats and, like, you know, things that people break, right? And records are meant to be broken. And you could have, like, a whole new, you know, set of stats onto this one and records, like, longest, you know, tenure holding the belt and this and that. So you can kind of go into that as well. and That would be fun for sure. There's a lot you can go with. I like it. All right, we're going to move on to halftime here before we get into our Wheel of Debate with John. So let's pass it over to Doge first. Where can we find our Clubhouse-specific social media stuff? You can find us on Facebook at The Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Clubhouse underscore TCSN. TCSN for the Cheap Seats Network. Give us a follow. Shout us out. Heck yeah. Um, real quick before we let Dill pop off here, because he's got one brewing that he said is just an incredible SN, so we'll wait on that for one more second. We want to give a shout-out to John Corrales. He is at John Corrales, so J-O-H-N-K-A-R-A-L-I-S on Twitter, or you can check him out on the Locked On Celtics podcast or the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you're interested in reading up on some of John's stuff, you can purchase his book at johncorrales.com or you can check out his articles on the Boston Sports Journal. So uh, please support him. He's got a bunch of great good Celtic stuff. He records a podcast um, literally every day um, about the Celtics. So if you want some updated current, you know, Boston Celtics talk, you know, you know about the game the night before or about what's going on, he's got it and he's got great stuff. So We love having him on, and we appreciate that, and go check out his stuff. So, 
without further ado, it's time. Big deal. Got yeah. one brewing. All right. So we'll get to it here in a moment. Yeah. But a little uh, precursor. I just wanted to say this out loud, out loud on the pod. Uh, okay. So last week, a week ago, right? Yeah. About a week I texted ago. these guys and I said, quote, yeah, here we go. Can't wait to record the next pod. I just had the greatest SN of all time come up, and there's nothing you can do about it. But I wanted you to get, the, uh, or excuse me, but I wanted to get this out there for you uh, early for you guys to think of a few great ones. So, without further ado, in order to find some of our network information, you can look it up on Facebook. It's four words. The Cheap Seats Network. And on Twitter, at the underscore cheap underscore seats. It has been an updated handle, so there's no longer an SN, but we still keep the tradition going. Mm-hmm. Maybe until somebody gets it? Or I think, it, I mean, yeah, probably. We'll see. Then maybe we'll have to like have Doge do it. Or, or so this it. was till we get it. For the record, then don't make it. Yeah, we'll for everybody. It. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the one I'm like most scared about. Like I've never been actually like scared of you guys getting one before. Because normally they're pretty outlandish, but this one is so good, so good. So I didn't good. miss this one. We'll see. So, what? Are your guesses, boys? What does SN actually stand for? I've got mine. Doge, hit me with it. I think you're giving us your NBA Finals prediction, Suns Nets. Doge, I think it's just that time of year for Dylan to have one of his favorite drinks. I have no idea if he even likes this. A little bit of scrumptious nog, if you will. A little eggnog out here. Oh, you guys whiffed. Doge, you scared me for a second. Wow. So. Is it Suns November? It is. Yes! Damn. Yes! Let's go! Oh my gosh. So, I mean, that's like significant, like, you know. That's the kind of hints we're talking about, Dill. What do you mean? (laughs) That has to be it. That was great. That was a good one. Because they Scrumptious just went on their you know, eighteen like, game winning streak. Are you a nod guy? Is that even without even relevant? I don't like I got myself. I want to, like I get it because I want to like it, but I don't drink it. So I don't. I don't drink eggnog. I haven't had. I don't. Do I don't think I've had good eggnog. Maybe <laughs> that could be it. Okay. Who knows? I don't know. It's just I don't know. Not my Doge doesn't even like eggs. He's not gonna like egg. He's not gonna like eggnog. Yeah, but if you don't like eggs, like if you love nog though, no. Lo- let's get back to it. No lost November for the Suns. Yeah, what an incredible run. So very appropriate for it to be. That was yeah. Was, It'll never get that obvious again. Yeah, but that's awesome that we got it. What a day we're having. Gosh, John's just feeding us some great Celtic stuff. We're about to get into some wheel of debate with John, the guy who inspired us to make the wheel itself. Like, this is 
You're in for a great pod, folks. Here we go. Let's move on to our second half with John Corrales. All right, John. Well, we hate to be pulling you away from Pat's bills, but do you mind if we uh, do a little wheel of debate here with you? Let's do it. Let's okay, do it real heck quick. yeah. Um, all right, so we'll do a couple spins here. We've got categories uh, are MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, Coach of the Year. All these would be so far. Obviously, there's a subject to change as the year goes on. Six-man, Celtic MVP, Celtic Defensive Player of the Year. So we got eight different categories for you here. Let's do three of those, and we'll spin the wheel. So let me give it a spin here for you. we got to work on a way to make it a little bit more audible of a spin, but you can still kind of get a little the gist of it at least. You know, this is – look, I, I've challenged you before. I'm going to do my email to the, the Jason oh, Tatum. Golly. I'm going to challenge you again. I have to step up. Find a way yep. to do, like, you know, uh, the old t- baseball card in yep. the spokes. Oh, that's thing. a great you idea. You have that flipping sound. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. We've got some engineering minds going on here. Let me see if I can't just do something a little makeshift right now. Oh, that was like a little drag noise. Okay. <laughs> Listen, that, you know what? Hey, it was better There's than There's room for improvement. You're not, after for one practice, we're not going to become, you know, first team all NBA. we got a little bit of work to do. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of improvement, we've got most improved of the, of the little quarter so far. We're about 20 or so, 25 games in. Um, who do you have, John, for most improved of the year so far? Um... This is tough. I know, it's a tough... There's a lot of good names out there, especially so early. Yeah. Um, I might go with Miles Bridges. Oh, definitely a good one. Um, I was going to say Tyrese Maxey. I've liked what he's been doing for the Sixers this year. I think he's really stepped into that role nicely. Um, Doge, what about you? The, the oh, thing, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, the thing about Tyrese Maxey is, and this is where it's tough... Second year players, third like yeah, they, they usually jump up anyway. You're right, true. Those those guys are tough to to put into these categories. Yep. Um, at least you know Bridges is a, a few years into his career, and for sure. And so th- there's always like it's like that second year guy, the third year guy. It's it's those guys are tough. Once you get into the fourth year. Like okay, that's right. that's somebody that you can say okay now now they're really improving. We're, so Bridges now in his fourth season is is taking a a, a jump, and so that's he's why. definitely like, been good for sure. Like yeah, I want you put Desmond Bain in this conversation, but yeah, he's also he's also young, and like some of these guys, it's it's narrative driven, and you say well we didn't expect this, and so now he's the most improved. But anyway. I'm, I'm being long-winded. This no, you're fine. You're a, fine. No, I, I like it. I love the analysis. I, I know a lot of people are saying John Morant, but he's too good for me. I, you know, he might have improved, but he was already such a good player. So I don't I don't consider him, you know, for that category. But I know some people have been thinking about him, you know, for so far in the league. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's, you know, if you're in, increasing certain percentages, if you're increasing your – your efficiency and stuff like that that that's how Ja can get in there for I sure agree. like he was always good yeah right so i think i think you want somebody who's like like eh okay he's okay oh wow you oh you're this good now okay. right i'd rather give recognition to somebody who isn't you know box office like john morant getting nike commercials he's already gonna be right a good i think player. once you get a nike commercial you can't be most <laughs> yeah, <improved>. right yeah <laughs> 
Um, okay, Doge, sorry. Go up to you now. No, no worries. Um, oddly enough, I will not be debating with John. I have Miles Bridges as well. Oh, there um, you go. Heck yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's you know, improved a little bit as far as, you know, just being able to get some rebounds as well, um, getting a little bit more boards. Um, but he's playing more minutes. He's getting to take more shots. And because of that, you know, he's going from, Last year, averaging twelve point seven points a game, he's all the way up to twenty point four now, and that's that's a pretty s- steep jump. Um, you know, from yeah, where sure. you know two years in a row he was averaging right around thirteen. Now he's over twenty points per game, so they're getting him a lot more involved. And I think you know that's that's shown that he can take on that role, and he's getting a lot of success with it. So that's why I pick Bridges. He he took a pretty big jump this year. I always liked him out of Michigan State too. I thought he was going to be solid. So good for him for getting a little bit better. Um, Dill, what about you? Yeah, I think just he's just like a fun guy to watch. You know, a yeah. lot of good dunks. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if this is actually like a great candidate, but he has improved in pretty much every you know statistic uh, category. Anthony Edwards. You know, yeah. the team's actually you know not completely. Yeah, they're just not completely terrible this year. So the Timberwolves are you know competitive. They're definitely in games a little bit exciting. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of like the Cavs. I feel like they they're a fun kind of new young team so yeah good for them cats back a little bit so all right let's try a different thing to make some noise i'll try the straw <laughs> all right here we go <sighs> no dude we got to get a card well, you're right we just have to get things on the yeah or maybe some spokes yeah. on the wheel either way folks coach john we will do this for you and we'll have you on later this season don't you worry <laughs> um okay um Speaking of young guys here again, we're going to go rookie of the year is what we got. Um, who do you have for your rookie of the year, John? It's a tough one, too. Um, this, is, this is a tough one. Um, I, I'm going to go with Scotty Barnes. Yeah. I think Scotty Barnes right now is, is the guy. Um, I mean, obviously, Mobley is, is a strong candidate. Uh, there are many many strong candidates here, but sure. Scotty Barnes, like watching, he dominated I us, have the man. Benefit oh my god! Yeah, I mean, I have the benefit of having watched the, the the Raptors a few times play the Celtics, and so you're really paying attention to him up close. And there's just no way, no way, if you didn't tell me, if I didn't know mm. that I, that you would could convince me that he was a rookie, right? Like if you said that dude's a rookie, I'd be like. No, I stop lying to me. Like he's he's got like a, a very mature game, yep. and you know he's a little older, right? So I mean, he's yep. that 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 was part of the thing when when draft time is coming around. You're you're you are getting a plug and play guy, and the fear is that he's not the ceiling is not going to be as high as some of these other guys. Correct. I think people get too caught up. In, in their the ceiling, like this dude is coming in, he's contributing right away, and he will inherently get better. But he is this good right now, like great. He's, <laughs> he's so good, man. He's awesome, and he's so big too, like that perfect yeah, he, perfect size for that, like stretch four, you know, big three. And mm. isn't he like the perfect like Toronto player? Like he's yep. exactly the type of player that that Masai Ujiri goes for. Like, of course, of course he drafted right. this guy. Like Absolutely. When you, at, at the, in the moment, you're like, huh, Scotty Barnes. And you watch him play, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is <laughs> this makes perfect sense. For sure. 
Um, so I'm going to go with the guy that you mentioned uh, a bit earlier. I'm going to go with Evan Mobley. I had the pleasure of watching him play against the uh, the Blazers up in Cleveland. Um, I was up there for a work trip, and he was amazing to watch. He moves so well for how big he is. Kind of a similar way, uh, like you said, if you would have spun me around ten times and said point out the rookie on the floor, I don't think I would have picked him just the way he's been playing. So I've got him right now. He's really kind of making the Cavs go with his defense, along with some of their other players too. But his ability to move out and cover some of the guards – also being able to cover a lot of the bigs uh, has got me having him as rookie of the year. But obviously, there's a ton of time left, so this is these things are going to change here too. So, um, Dill, what about you? Who do you got for rookie of the year? Yeah, I'm just being the homer with the uh, with <laughs> I figured so, yeah. Being the Cavs, being a Cavs fan, fan. Uh, you know, he has been uh, pretty efficient. You know, especially as a rookie, and that's something that. You know, you could play really well, but not play efficiently. And, you know, to be able to contribute to the team with a, a winning record so far and playing efficient, I think that they play well together. Like, him and Jared Allen, like, the yeah. trees back there. like They're um, tall, man. It seems like they have a good, um, you know, good thing going right now. For sure. Doge, what about you? I I um, also have Mr. Mowgli. Oh, wow. I, I mean... I was battling back and forth between him and Scotty Barnes, and, you know, their their typical stat lines of, you know, points, rebounds, assists, it's pretty damn close in every single one of those. Yeah, but the, yeah the I have Evan Mobley or Scotty Barnes written down, so it's definitely tight for all of us. Right. The, the thing that kind of gave Mobley the edge for me was that his, his defensive presence, when he's on the floor, opponents score 7.6 fewer points for every 100 possessions. So he's, wow. he's getting out there and stopping, and... You know, I think that makes, you know, a big difference as well, um, especially with the combo of, you know, him and Jared Allen out there. You know, who wants to drive against those two guys? I mean, I wouldn't. So. No, I, 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 would, I would not want to drive into that lane at all. A little bit too. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to get blocked going in down, down with those guys. <laughs> <clears throat> um, okay, let's do one more spin, John, and then we'll let you get going because I know we extended this a little bit longer than we said, so we appreciate you hanging in there with us too. We're going to go with the Celtics MVP so far this year. Ooh, the Celtics MVP. Right. Al Horford. Yep. Oh, yeah. man. <clears throat> Al, Al Horford has been easily the most important player for the Celtics so far. Stabilizing guy. Uh, awesome. At one point, leads the league in blocks. Yep. Still, I think, top 10. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a, a guy that you can count on to, to do a lot. Um, obviously, you know, grab-and-go rebounds where your wings can just flare out and go. And he, you can trust him to just get it, turn, and, and start the offense. So, you're trying to play fast. He does a really good job at the little things like reversing the, you know, getting the ball to the other side of the floor. You know, he comes in, he sets a pick, he you know gets gets a, a pitch back, and then he's driving it the other way yep. to get the defense side to side. And and that opens up a lot of opportunities. It, that's nothing that you're going to see on the stat sheet. And then something like um, the when Marcus Smart called out Tatum and, and Brown, and that was a, a big moment because – yeah, it sure. threatened. It threatened the fabric of the team a little bit, and it was Al Horford that that gets the guys together and says, "Okay, time to, time to time to work this out. 
All right, we're, we're not doing this anymore. We're not sniping at each other. And just to let you guys inside the, the media situation, like sure. guys can't air their, their frustrations all the time. Right. And like when the lot, when it used to be, uh, we were all out in the locker room. Marcus would have said what he said three or four games prior to that when it was actually relevant. Right. right. But he had this thing kind of like festering. Then it comes out when it came out after the, that's when, after they got, you know, the, they blew the lead against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that ends up, that, that festering becomes very problematic. And so Horford's the guy that says, all right, when we get to Orlando, coaches, give us, give us an extra 30 minutes before you guys come down. Right. We're going to work this shit out. And then we're going to go from there. And, and that's, that, that's all his leadership on the court, off the court stuff. Uh, I actually <clears throat> shudder to think at what the Celtics might be if they didn't have Al Horford. That's, that's how important if they didn't have Al Horford now, they, they could have easily lost three or four or five more games just just from him doing little things and keeping them together. Yep. I'm going to pile on that too because um, I'm going to say Al Horford as well. He has got to be, and I'm sure you can see this more up close, um, being in Boston. He has to be such a great role model for Rob Williams too, who's been better this year. And as you said, um, you know, first of all, I want to thank the Thunder too for resting Al Horford all last year because he's come out looking great. Um, this year, and that you know, was really important. Very important, and also too, uh, just a change of scenery. You know, having a good attitude or being in a place where you're wanted. You can tell Al Horford is ready to go out. You know, all these games, and he's fighting. He likes the team again. Where uh, it kind of seemed like he was tired of the drama when he was here before with Kyrie and the rest of the team. And I don't know who specifically he was. Uh, you know, tired of. Um, you know, I'm not in the locker room, but it seems like he's rejuvenated to be back, and seems like he's you know playing like he's four or five years younger. And moving like that and um, is excited to be a part of this team, which you can tell has been great. And, yeah, like you mentioned, man, I think he's he's really great for the locker room and a steady veteran to be in there to keep everybody kind of cool-headed. So I'll say Al Horford as well. Um, Doge, what about you? As much as I would love to, to tack on to the, the Al Horford love, he's my Florida guy, but um, yeah. it's, it's got to be Jason Tatum for me still. You know, he's, he's yeah, kind he's of coming into his own um, as the, you know, the star leader of the team. Um, you know, 25 points a game, almost nine um, rebounds per game. And then, you know, I just feel like he's just top dog of, of the team right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the best ability is availability. And he's sure. one of two players to have played all 24 games so far, um, him and Grant Williams. So, you <laughs> know, um, yeah, I... I love what I'm seeing from him, and I'm just looking forward to watching him grow even more into this role in the new organization. That's a great stat there, Dush. I like that for sure. Um, <clears throat> big deal. Somebody say Grant Williams. Dush. Somebody pick Grant Williams. That would be so fun. He <laughs> has been awesome for us, man. Those corner threes, baby. <laughs> so I was going to go with somebody else a little bit different. Um, off the bench, like a little Dennis Schroeder action maybe. He's been nice for us too. Um after, you know, kind of sometimes going out on his own, hoping that he gets the big contract, um, you know, with L.A. didn't necessarily go the way that he wanted to. And uh, I think that he kind of has a little bit of a resurgence here. So when you talk about, you know, being able to trade him, I think that his value probably has increased throughout the season. Um, he's pretty much increased in just about every shooting category. Um, 
he's averaging 18-5-4, and four, you know, coming off the bench. So, yeah, I understand, like, Al Horford is going to be, like, more of the the glue or, sure, sure. you know, the leadership aspect of it. But as far as, like, production and, you know, on the, uh, on the court, um, you know, in particular, I think that maybe he would be somebody to put up a fight for it. He definitely you know? changes our pace a lot, which is nice. Something we haven't had in the past. Somebody who just kind of gets up the floor and gets going. Um, which is nice to see for sure. I don't know. He's been uh, he's been nice to see off the bench for sure. What do you think of Schroeder this year, John? Yeah, I think I think there's certain value to him for sure. Like the like you said, the change of pace is is very important in some yeah. games. You need somebody who's going to attack and and be able to get through at the point of attack at the top um, and, and break down a defense. So in Wish some games, that's him. super super right. important. I think Schroeder is kind of an up and down guy. Oh, where sure. yeah. there there are times there were, there were games this season where I'm like, God, he played terribly, and then he has 20 points. I'm like, How did he have 20 points? <laughs> when I just watching him and thinking like, God, he, he did not play well at all. Right. And there are some games where I think, you know, Schroeder was pretty good tonight, and he had like seven points and like poor shooting, and you're like, but what? So I think the key with Schroeder is not necessarily. Scoring points or not scoring points. Although the Celtics desperately need people to score points, yeah, so right. I, I probably shouldn't phrase it like that. Right, but right. <laughs> I think with with Schroeder, there's there's more to what he does for the Celtics, and and when he's driving and moving the ball and and kicking, that's kind of almost more important in some ways than just him driving and scoring because. I don't want him to take away from other people's games. And uh, when, when he's coming off the bench, it's more tolerable because he's definitely the, you know, he's supposed to be a scorer off the bench when he's doing it with the starters or down the stretch in closing moments. I'm like, uh, okay, okay. Oh, like what was the, the game a couple games ago? I know exactly what you're going to say. It it's that Philly, stupid right? spin shot against Philly. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. You, you, you don't, they Get the ball ran. to Tatum. What so, are you doing? Right. <laughs> so, so I understand running the pick and roll with him and Horford. They have great chemistry For sure. together. Definitely played together in Atlanta. They they like each other. Yeah, that's been working this season too. Pop. Right. Yeah, run that pick and pop with with Horford. Get Embiid out of the way. Now, now that makes sense. Yes. you got you got a hug up on Tatum. You got a hug up on Brown. You got Embiid out of the way. Now, okay. I see the value of breaking down one of these other not-so-great defenders because now you're at your third-best defender on Schroeder, and you break that guy down off the dribble with no resistance at the rim. Now, okay, that makes perfect sense. That that shot that he took oh, it's terrible. was they, they, they ran a pick-and-roll with Jalen Brown. I'm like, well, well this isn't going to do anything because Embiid is right. still standing there in the middle of the paint. And, of course, that's why Schroeder didn't drive, and that's why he spawned and fired up an air ball. I'm like, that's absolute crap. Like, that possession was crap. So you have with Schroeder, like, you have to make sure you're, you're using him the right way, using the right personnel, understanding the situation. Um, if you're not going to use him in that situation, like in Philly with, with Horford, to draw the big out, then you're you're not, might as well just sit him on the bench because he's not going to be useful. Totally. Uh, and if he's, not, if he's turning the ball over... He's had some stretches where he has been super casual with the ball, yes. and, I, and that yeah. that's been pretty bad. Yep. 
He's def- like you said, he definitely brings a different element to our team, um, and he's kind of up and down for sure. Um, but either way, it's been a great season so far. Um, John, let's give you the floor here real quick. Is there anything that you want to plug, promote, um, or you know, just like give it a shout out to anything here? We just want to give the floor to you since we uh, you graciously gave us your time. Um, we appreciate that. And so, is there anything you want to promote here? Sure. Um, my book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, yes. which this is the 75th anniversary season. Uh, the Celtics are going to be selecting uh, a 15-man all-time team. Wow. And I have a book that has selected at least 12 of them in the all-time team. It's a little bit different. It's going to be a different format. Right. So um, I think some of the decisions I made in the book wouldn't be the decisions I would make in picking just a straight 15 best sure. players. Right, right, right. But... Uh, but yeah, the book is available uh, yeah. online booksellers. If anybody is listening in Massachusetts, I have a book signing coming up Thursday the 9th in Plainville at uh, An Unlikely Story, the bookstore there. Heck yeah. And uh, I'll also, I'm getting a new shipment of books in so I can start sending out signed copies from my website, johncorrales.com, for uh, 30 bucks a book. So Absolutely. Ooh, I need to do that for sure. Um, also, John, I want to say too, uh, I will be, I'm sure you'll be busy this day, but we need to try to link up. I'm in town for business trip, and I was going to be in town for this game anyway. I'm not going to miss it for KG's jersey retirement. So oh, um, yeah. we'll have to try to link up sometime when I'm in town. We'll have to give you some Clubhouse podcast gear as well. Um, since you've been on the show a couple times, we appreciate that. Um, and I'll definitely have to get uh, a book signed by you for sure, too. Sure, for sure. Okay, cool, man. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you again so much. Well, we're going to get this wheel fixed up for you uh, here. Here, Maybe, uh, I don't know if we'll do it before All-Star break or not. We'll try. We'll see what we can do. Uh, but we'll have you on when we get fixed back, and we really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, stretch run of the season. I expect you guys to have this thing humming. We'll get it. This we'll, could be like the wheel on Wheel of Fortune. I want, like, digital beeps. Yeah, I want some, all that stuff. Some lights, an announcer <laughs> that announces what the pick is. It can read it. That'll, that, we'll work yeah, on it. I mean, Whoa. just, you know, push yourselves. Don't Don't settle. <laughs> Go to the rim. Don't settle for that pull-up jumper. Hey, we 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 took it this far. What what else can we do? We got to keep it going. You know what I mean? So uh, that's right. <clears throat> well, thank you so much, John. We appreciate it. You have a great rest of your day, man, and uh, enjoy Celtics Lakers tomorrow. All right. Thanks. See you guys. Thanks, John. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank John Krause one more time for coming on, doing the wheel of debate with us, giving us some great Celtics content. Uh, we're looking forward to having him on once we get this thing with a bit more noise on it um but yeah we love having him on that was fun always a good time so let's move on here let's get to our buzzer beaters let's wrap up this show boys um i'll go first again why not ladies and gentlemen next monday night bangle legend probably future hall of famer one of my favorite bangles doge i know you love this guy andrew whitworth big wit gonna be the first player in nfl history to start at tackle at the age of 40 He's still out there looking good, like he could come back for some more seasons. So, I mean, we always knew he was going to be a great player. Um, and, you know, while we are, you know, loving Jonah Williams here right now for sure, uh, we still have a lot of love for Big Wit out here. And it's glad, good to see him uh, doing well for the Rams for sure. So, uh, Doge, I'll pass it to you now. Um, what do you got here for your buzzer beater? I'll throw it back to college football for a little bit here. Congrats to the uh, the four Heisman Trophy finalists that were revealed. Sure. You got Bryce Young from Alabama, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, mm. uh, C.J. Stroud from OSU, and then Aiden Hutchinson from sure. Michigan. So sure. some some 
quality candidates up there and looking forward to the Heisman voting. Dude, what do you think of that Kenny Pickett fake slide? Mm. The fake slide was nasty. I was in a party with, uh, I was in an Xbox party with Kyle Carnes, and he saw that highlight and he was like, oh my God. It's that like, is just disgusting. It's, also because it's he almost an like, untouchable move because the defenders can't hit you. Right. Like, they if have start to the slow slide, down. As they soon as they start to slow slide, down. you have to get mm-hmm. away. Did you see the, uh, the fact front that he could view? keep? Yes. Because he got literally, I he, think, probably like four to six inches off the ground. Like his knee was like that he close. He did to get low, it. for sure. That was impressive. But I was also saying that Kyle probably was super impressed because he knows that his body would have broken from that. So. Don't. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle's body would have broken into five pieces if he tried that fake slide. Shout out to Kyle. You know we love you. Yeah, shout out to Kyle. I've played too many soccer games with you not to make a joke about it. Yeah, that's true. For sure, Kyle. <laughs> I'm the same way. What now, a play, so. though. Either way. Kenny Pickett, dude. Yeah, Absolutely that's a, nasty. That's a high... And they went on to win the game pretty solidly after that, too. Like, that was a huge yeah. boost after that. Um, they kind of led the game, like, by two touchdowns the whole time, uh, if I remember correctly. So, that was huge. Yeah. It it was it was a big play. Who do sure. you have, Doge? Like, who's your Heisman? Got to be Bryce Young. It's Are we all yeah, I, it's probably Bryce Young. I mean, I I would love to get the Kenny Pick just for that play alone, but the way they just thrashed Alabama. Yeah, I mean, like if or uh, Georgia, excuse me. If Pitt Alabama. wasn't supposed to be good, like if they were supposed to be like last or like pretty far down in the ACC, like maybe Kenny, but I don't know. I feel like it's got to be a runaway with with Bryce. I mean, yeah. he also had all the. Uh, you know, pub, uh, publicity before the year started. Right. Um, and he started having, didn't he have like that million dollar deal before he even played a game, right? Like, so. I'm sure there's a bunch. Of, I mean, he bunch he did play up to a lot of his hype, even though he did struggle for, right. or they did struggle for a little bit, uh, being Alabama. So. For sure. Um, <clears throat> okay. Dill. Passed off to you. Speaking of struggling. What do we got? Little MLS. Um, so the MLS is currently going through the playoffs right now. Yep. And in the, I believe the second round, because Seattle had the bye, uh, they played Real Salt Lake. Yep. It was a little bit over, well, it was, it was just before Thanksgiving, but I, you know, I didn't feel like I needed the buzzer beater then or, or warm up then. So got it now. Listen like to this. They're the championship now, I think. They're getting very close. Okay. So. If you said a team had 62% possession versus 38, 21 shots to zero, what do you think the outcome should be? Probably a 2 3 nothing victory for the 21-shot team, I'd say. Maybe, yep, 3-1. I'd say that sounds about right. A pretty significant high-scoring game, right? Well, you think there'd be a goal at least. Contrary, well, high-scoring on one sided if the other has zero shots. Sure. You would think that they score at all. Correct, correct. So, it actually ended up being zero zero even after thirty minutes of extra time. So they haven't recorded a shot in hundred and twenty minutes. They go to PKs. Real Salt Lake and Seattle both hit all five penalties. So they go into, like, a sun-death penalty kick, right? Sure. The first kick, um, Seattle's goalie ends up coming off of his line during his save. Retake, Real Salt Lake ends up scoring, and that's how they win the game. Wow. Oh. 
Off of a retake from a line. That would hurt. Oh, man. That would hurt. So, another thing. I got to pull up this, this game. Jeezel. New England. Yeah. The Revolution. They dominated people all year. Yeah. They had, I think, the uh, tied the most win or tied for the most wins in an MLS season with uh, twenty two, I believe. Wow! So they go to play NYCFC. Yeah. The, oh. Same kind of situation goes into PKs. They end up having, um, you know, loss on PKs five three. So, my point is, FCC, these teams that are not. You know, first, second, and third seeds are winning games in the playoffs. Get your boys in the playoffs. Just get us in the playoffs. And you never know what can happen. Because you have to have a result, and you never know with PKs. And don't you dare give us a home game. Because that poor away team, it's going to be loud in there. God, so, dang it. That's what I wanted to have as a takeaway is just, you know, hopefully FCC can turn this around, find a way to get in, and have some fun in the playoffs because it's it's a seven-team race in each conference, and you really don't, I mean, you just have to be middle of the road, yep. you know? Be middle of the road to the point where you can get in. We just need to win our home games, or some of them. Like defending, yeah, defending your home turf. Like, if we had any sort of, like, that going on, like, if we had that going on whatsoever, like, you know, could probably have more than four wins a year. So, anyway, that's it. Yeah. All right, well, I beat the shot. Well, I hit the shot, beat the buzzer, for sure. Absolutely. Well, Doge, thank you for being on. We appreciate it, man. Dill, thank you for... Dill, thank you for being on. Absolutely. It was great, guys. John, thank you one more time. We appreciate it. Thank you all the fans for listening. Hopefully the Celtics beat the Lakers. This is The Clubhouse.